This is Dion Blumenrader with Big Hoss One Sauce, and you're listening to the best show on all things barbecue with my man, Greg Rempe. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. It is a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. Oh yeah, we're ready. So ready. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. It's a phone call, it's an email, and here's that contact info should you want to jump in tonight. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, he is a second-timer to the show, made his debut appearance only a handful of weeks ago with his co-host from the Pitmasters podcast, that is being Anthony Lujan. Uh, joining me to this evening, though, is none other than the other co-host, Rusty Bont. That's right, we're back. Back and better than ever. Salt City Barbecue. We're going to be talking to him about nabbing his first grand championship of his competition career. We'll talk about the weekend. We'll talk about how many teams were there. There's a whole bunch of different things that we're going to be talking about here. So very excited to catch up with Rusty 14 Pass. Then we'll move to 35 Pass the Hour, Derek Riches. From DerekRiches.com joins me in his fourth Tuesday set, so looking forward to that. And then we will move to the second hour where, of course, since it is the fourth Tuesday, we will be joined by what I have termed the malfeasance of the barbecue community, that, of course, being the embedded correspondents. Yes, sir. So we have plenty to get to this evening. That, of course, takes up the second hour. As many of you are probably wondering, Will there be any singing tonight because the embedded correspondents are on? And the answer is no, there is no singing tonight, nor in the near future, if I'm being completely honest at this point. While I'm not saying that there isn't going to be a season two of whatever the hell we would call the next singing effort of the Barbecue Central show, I don't know when that is exactly going to be. There might be some guest singers slash contestants. I think Robin Lindars might have offered herself up. I think there have been some other people that have might have said Rusty, I think, might have mentioned that the last time he was on, he thought about singing, or perhaps when I was a guest on his but Something came up. Maybe it was Anthony. Maybe it was both. They were going to duet like Brooks and Dunn or name your favorite duet. I don't know. 
But plenty of high-level talent could be coming in for season number two. That's how it always works, right? I mean, season one is the rollout. We file off all the sharp edges, and then everybody wants a piece of what's cool. And <laughs> there's nothing cooler than Barbecue Central version of The Voice or American Idol or whatever it is. So looking forward to that. All right. Uh, first off, if you're not following me socially, do that at BBQ Central Show, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. There's also a video feed there if you want to take a look at that. And for the competition, folks, this year continues to blow. Memphis in May was officially canceled earlier last week. And today, if it came down, if you didn't see it, the Jack Daniels was also waxed. I'm no detective or expert in anything. But I would have to say that the American Royal is in real bad shape right now. I mean, they can't possibly have it at this point, right? Memphis in May postponed, then they canceled. Uh, there's a billion people that go to Memphis in May between the contestants and the folks that just show up there to hang out. Uh, the Jack Daniels doesn't probably see near the traffic that Memphis in May sees, and then they cancel today. And... The thing that the American Royal is most known for, aside from giving the opportunity of anybody that's won anything during the course of the year to compete the best against the best in the American Royal Invitation side, well, the next day is the Open, and there's been times when there's been damn near 600 teams. Can they have that? I don't know. I think it is on the thinnest ice possible. And, of course, because it's all about me, all the time when it comes to this show. This would have been the perfect year for me to go into the Hall of Fame, of course, because as I anticipate that the American Royal also will be canceled, I wouldn't have had to travel at all. I could have taken my Hall of Fame, stayed in Cleveland, made some like pre-recorded thank you, not had to travel to Kansas City, but no, it didn't work out for me. I, was, I mean, I wasn't even on the short list, but nevertheless, that would have been the most keen time would be this year because no travel due to coronavirus. And again, I'm not saying that the American Royal has been canceled. It has not been canceled. But a large part of me has to, but I'm going to ask the embedded correspondents, perhaps some other guests here during the next two hours, on their thoughts of if the Jack and Memphis are out, the American Royal has to be on very thin ice. We'll see how it goes. Email from a listener. Greg, I was listening to talk about how you weren't able to go to Barbecue U this past weekend. Because of very little notice given by Stephen Reichland. By the way, it was in South Carolina and not California. Anyway, during your tirade, you mentioned rule three of the show. What is that? Keep up the good work, Tim. Tim, thank you for writing in. Was it a tirade? It was a very mild takedown. A very mild, by the way. Nothing like I did in regards to Meathead and that dissertation. That was a takedown. If you want to, or tirade, if you want to juxtapose the correct English here. But to answer your question, what's rule number three? Tim, are you new to the show? Let me hip you to the fact that there are rules to the show, and in particular order, rule number one of the show. No names, please. That's rule number one. It's been a standing rule forever. We don't mention names on the show. I mean, we talk about being courageous, but we are not courageous. No names, please. If you're going to say a name, instead say, and I'm not going to, no names please, but they burnt their brisket. We don't name people. No names please. 
Rule number two of the show. There's not that many. Don't worry. Don't get hooked. Of course. Don't let some troll on the social medias pull you into some conversation or bait you into reacting. That's what don't get hooked means. So don't bother with any. We don't get hooked on this show. Nobody draws us in. We draw people in. We don't get drawn in. Rule number three of the show. This is point right here. If it's free, it's me. That's rule number three of the show. That might be my favorite rule. I got free pizza dough over the course of the week. I got free Crispy products. A lot of free. Rule number three was me all this past week. I love rule number four of the show. Now we're getting into the newer rules. If the meat is good, something good is going to happen. It's rule number four of the show. And rounding out all of the current Barbecue Central show rules, number five, as made famous by my imitation of my mom, which is actually coming from me, don't snappy snap on the Snapchat. That's right. No snappy snapping. on the, So, uh, Tim, those are your rules of the show. Also, I have another listener email. Dear Greg, have you heard about a charcoal shortage in the Chicago area? My local Ace Hardware completely wiped out of charcoal. Home Depot was pretty slim pickings, too. I just grabbed a couple bags of Kingsford Long Burning because it was all they had. Long Burning. Wow. I didn't know there was uh, a long burning charcoal. Anyway, just wondering if you had heard anything from your industry connections. He put it in quotes, so I'm airing it for you. Might be worth mentioning on the show. Happy grilling, Kevin. All right, Kevin. Well, as I will have you know, I asked some of my industry experts who, uh, namely uh, Derek Riches, will be coming up at 35 past the hour, and we'll be talking about if or if there isn't a charcoal shortage. So stay tuned for that. In my personal experience here in Cleveland, I can tell you, that I was at my ACE a number of times over the weekend and the last few days. I've been through both Lowe's and Home Depot, and there have been zero issues with stock and supply as it relates to lump charcoal and briquette charcoal and pellets or anything like that. Solid supplies. There were sales on Kingsford over the course of the week, maybe because it was Father's Day. So, at least in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, and I'm not going to speak from anybody else, and Derek is going to give us a high-level uh, insight from the industry's point of view, from his contacts. No shortage here in Cleveland. So make the five-and-a-half-hour trip east. Come to Cleveland, get your charcoal, go back to Chicago. Love Chicago. All right, hey, brand new sponsor here for the next couple months, World Food Championships. Anybody need that? Of course, we all need a little World Food Championships. Some of my food sport friends from the World Food Championships have partnered with Walmart to launch a Walmart cooking challenge party. That's right. They're challenging foodies to a fun contest where 40 people, not 14, 40, 40 people, Across the country can win $250 Walmart gift cards. You know how many racks of ribs $250 can buy? Four talented Walmart chefs have created delicious customizable recipe videos for inspiration. 
The tutorials even allow you to make substitutions while cooking with them virtually. That's what it's all about right now. Check out the contest rules and how to enter at this particular address, walmart.com slash cooking challenge. That's all one word, walmart.com slash cooking challenge. The contest ends at 11.59 p.m. Eastern, July 31st. So we are about a month plus a week before that ends. So if you're down for 250 bucks, or at least a chance to win 250 bucks, head on over to walmart.com slash cooking challenge and then put those recipes to the test virtually. You're seeing it happen a lot now, right? Virtual contests, virtual judgings. This is fun stuff. This is what it's all about. Keeping it together, pushing the envelope in the times that we're at, walmart.com slash cooking challenge. And again, that's ending just shy of midnight, July 31st. What do you say we talk to Rusty Monson coming up out of the break about a big win this past weekend in the Utahs? Why not? Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, and seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. All right, my next guest made his debut on this show a few weeks back as he ventured out to one of the very first competitions to return amidst the coronavirus tonight. He returns as a first-time grand champion from this past weekend's event in Utah, which saw both an SCA event and a KCBS KCBS event contest at the same location. Here to recap the win, give us some perspective on how the teams and events were run, distanced, and or otherwise. The Pitmaster of Salt City Barbecue Team and co-host of the Pitmasters podcast, none other than Rusty Monson joining me. What's up, champ? I didn't have your audio on, Rusty. I'm sorry about that. How are you, pal? That's okay. You got, you got me now? Yeah, first time running the show. Sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> Tomorrow will be my next show. Uh, all right, so um, we you were at the, and I apologize if I'm not going to say this right, the Traeger Norute State Barbecue Championship. I don't, even, is that I don't right? know what it is. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. It I, I, say, I try and say it all the time, so I don't know. Oh. Yeah, it was, uh, it was up in Ogden. Yeah, we have it every year, except for last year. It was a little bit, it wasn't as cool. Uh, it wasn't a KCBS last year, but yeah. It's one of the more popular ones here in Utah. What was it, it last it got, year? We got a lot of teams out. It, it was, was the same thing, but it wasn't. A, we only had eight teams show up last year. Oh, okay. So they didn't bother getting sanctioning no. for that. But but then you have four times the amount of teams show up a year later. There were 32 teams there. We were, everyone's begging for it, man. We had people out of mm-hmm. California, people out of 
Boy, Idaho, Wyoming, Arizona, you name it. Yeah, notables there. Smoke ain't no joke, which happens to be your co-host, uh, Anthony Lujan. Burning yep. and Luton was there. Luton Booty was there. Sterling mm-hmm. Smith Backdraft Barbecue was there. One of the legends in competition barbecue. I don't know if you knew this or not, Rusty, because you're a little green here to the competition scene. But John Nilgis of Parrot Head Smokers, I think John has currently won 487,000 grand championships. So this was a pretty stacked field, wouldn't you say? It was, man. You pull up and you see Parrot Head there. And, and, you know, a lot of my barbecue heroes like Christy Vanover from Girls Can Grill and, you know, Jerry and Sterling and gosh, man. I was scared to death pulling in there. I was like, you know, let's just cook and see how it goes. But we, we're, you know, we're good friends with all those guys, and it's cool to hang out with them. So it's good to see them all because we don't get to see them very often, especially now. So, what I found interesting yeah, was- is that you had a nice run up to the contest via the latest podcast episode, where you and Anthony basically lay out your entire process for leading up to a competition, basically a week long event. Yeah, it's 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 really hard, and this one was harder because. I always do the ancillaries on basically anything because I can't help myself. And so I do, you know, dessert and we're doing steak and we're doing KCBS and the four meats and get everything ready for it. We start Sunday night. We start, you know, taking the barrels down them up. And that's a process because there's like, you know, three of them and we cook on them all the time. So they're all greased up and it takes a minute. So we get that going and we trim our meats early. Sometimes we trim them months before, but this time we didn't. So we'll take, and we don't want to go and have this huge, huge like meat trimming party, you know? So we like to break it up. So Monday we'll do chicken and pork and then Tuesday we'll do brisket and ribs. And then Wednesday we're packing up everything and Thursday we're cleaning everything and packing everything in and getting ready to go. So all we have to do is Friday morning, walk out to the truck and just bounce. And so it's quite a process. So yeah, it's about a week long. And uh, this one was every bit of a week long to get ready for it. It was just right up the road. So imagine if we had to go to Wyoming, which we often do, or Colorado, which we often do, or Arizona, which we often do. It's a little bit more than that. So, yeah, man, if you want to get a pro barbecue, you're going to have to put some work in for sure. Rusty Monson joining me here on the show talking about the big win this past weekend in Utah. Do you think talking it out with Anthony in that last episode helped additionally or you have a program you work it it didn't matter if you guys were talking about it or not it didn't matter if we talked about it because for for me we have it all dialed out you know we have everything written down so we have checklist days we plan it out ahead of time like right now we have a competition in august 15th in Kanab, utah which is going to be a fun one because i love that freaking city if you've never been you should go um and we're already planning out how we're going to spend that for the, you know, the tweaks leading up to it. We're already planning on doing brisket now. And so we, we lay it all out and then we just execute the plan. And then we do the same with competitions, man. When we're in there, we have it, we had dialed into the minute. So we have a very similar program to getting ready for it. Like I said, we're getting ready already for what a month and a half, two months from now. So yeah, it's, it's a, <laughs> it's how we do it. I know a lot of people don't do it like that, but it was cool to talk it out too, because, um, you know, there's, there's things you forget, but then um, it, I think it helps a lot because when I first started, we didn't do anything like that. And it felt like we were forgetting stuff and we were mm-hmm. um, not ready, you know, and, and not mentally ready. And that really hurts your competition. You know, it's, it's people think that, you know, you can call this a sport or whatever you want to call it. But if you're not mentally prepared for it, you're not going to win a competition. It's just, it's a mental game. And so it, it helps talking it out, especially on the podcast in since we haven't done it in so long. It was certain that it was therapeutic in a way, you know, just to kind of, okay, walk through it and just, okay, okay. And just getting that mindset, 
And that's what that podcast did for me anyway. Um, hopefully everyone out there learned something from it too, because I could really have used that podcast a couple of years back. So let's quickly recap the cook rusty. Um, we don't need to get into the weeds on everything, but when you look at the overall results for you through category, pork was the worst at 10th, but you had a second place brisket, a second place ribs, a third place chicken. As you're turning those in individually, do you know that you are on the bark or is it always anybody's guess? You know, normally it's kind of doomsday-ish and you taste something and you're adjusting and you're, you know, you worry about it. It's not what you think it should be. And, you know, it's this whole thing. But that day, man, it was, it was everything was tasting great. Everything was doing, it was just a flawless cook. It felt really good. And, you know, in the barbecue world, especially the competition world, you know that if it feels good, it's probably a bad omen. Yeah. And so you're you're really worried like, oh crap, this feels way too good. We're going to take last place. But the food was coming out tender, coming out spot on. So man, it was, it was a good, good day The the steak cook-off wasn't so, it was more doom and gloomy, but we did well there too. But, um, yeah, it was if it was a really good day. It was really cool. You know, we were totally chill and if you walked by the camp, you'd see us just, you know, hanging out. It just felt good. So and it worked out. So maybe that's what it was. It was just letting it go. I learned, you know, if you know you're only there to beat yourself, and I, I heard that a thousand times, but for the first time ever, it really just stuck in my brain. And this time I think that helped my mental state. You know, it, we're not here to beat Parrothead. You know, we're not here to beat Burning the Loot, and we're here to beat ourselves. And so for me, that was huge. And, and for the first time, I really let that sink in. And that I think that's what did it. 705.7 wins grand championship. You're a full point plus over Burnin and Luton and eight points ahead of Parrothead Smokers who took third. So you pretty much boat raced the field. My words, not yours. I assume after the brisket call, you had a pretty good feeling about potentially grand or at least another RGC. How did you or how did it feel to finally bust through? Yeah, I was tight, man. It was it was down to the wire. We tied in chicken with uh, Jerry, I think, and we were right there on ribs. And he got us on pork, and then we got him on brisket. And man, when they were calling that, it was you knew you were going to be second or first. I mean, just how it played out. But you know, to get first, and I mean, I, I don't want to hear my fourth RGC. That's you know, that's it's great to take second out of a field like that, but you don't want to freaking take second. So and we just oh, it was a bunch of nerves. And Jesse, of course, the announcer, you know, he liked to play it out a little bit. So get us made us wait a little bit but it was it was uh it was awesome man it was cruel because you know it's not every day you beat out a legend you know no by doubt. a point so i'll take that every single day so you're gonna retire awesome. now and go out on top i mean what else is there to prove absolutely. right nothing left to prove absolutely that's right yeah i'm done i've sold everything this hat is the last thing i own so it's the last uh, thing of salt lake city salt city barbecue i own yeah it's over man uh Rusty, let's talk about this because we did Mentioned this quite a bit when we talked about the steak cook-off that you guys did a couple weeks ago. Um, Let's specifically talk about safety measures put in place here. So just tell us what the difference was about this event versus when you see it operating normally. So I don't know if they do this in every state, but we have degrees of you know, green, yellow, orange, and red, red being the worst Stay at your house, you know, don't even look out the window. Don't think of trees, you know, whatever, don't do anything. And green is back to normal, you know, and then yellow is where we were at in the city. So all that requires of us is to wear a mask and social distance. That's Mm -hmm. all it was. And so just like the other ones, the difference is, is that when you do the meeting, they encourage you to stay six feet apart. Um, you know, it was actually pretty decent because we were in a huge parking lot and everyone was pretty spread out. 
And then when you go to meat selection, you have to be wearing a mask the entire time and you have to be wearing gloves. So we did that both for the steak SEA to go pick up the steak. And we also had to have a glove gloved up and we had to have a mask to walk to even grab our box to walk it to the judges table. Mm. So, and then, you know, everyone's waists apart and, you know, we're, we're far apart as it is, you know, we're in tents, we're in, you know, 20 by 20 spaces, you know, the guy next to us is a, a lot further than six, uh, six feet away. So, you know, it, it was, it's different, but it's not, you know, just because it's kind of a good, it's kind of conducive to the setup we already have. Like I said, we're all pretty much spread apart, you know, and if someone comes talks to you, you're basically, you know, they have to talk over our barrels and they have to talk over our cooker or table or whatever. So, you know, um, it, so I think it just kind of works out. It's not that different, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. It's just really not, except for you forget to take your mask when you're rocking your box and you have to run back for it. And that sucks. All right, Rusty. So how are you feeling personally about the balance of the year for competitions? Do you think they're going to be few and far between or... Uh, what's your gut telling you as you talk to some of the other pitmasters this past weekend? Well, everyone's pretty much assuming the worst, and the worst is happening. So just in today, as we all know, the Jack got canceled. And then uh, we're part of the Rocky Mountain Barbecue Association, and they just canceled two events mm-hmm. today. So we today we've got punched in the face, uppercutted, and then kicked in the gut. So, um, man, they're dropping like flies. Canab's a guarantee, supposedly. We'll hope that sticks, but I, you know, it might just be that. I think the Royals gonna can- cancel. I, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, I know they're trying their best, but in the KCBS Invitational, it's a really you know shitty year to start winning competitions, right? I mean, it's <laughs> so, a, it's a it's pretty shitty year all the way around, uh, regardless of yeah. industry, sport, or whatever. Uh, no doubt about it. Something that we haven't seen before. Uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the steak event the night before. I don't know where you finished, and I don't even know if I care, but what I do want to talk about is this steak process that I saw on the Instagrams. Not that I pay incredible attention to what processes are these days, but you both tie the steak and toothpick the steak. I mean, did Gorilla Glue yeah. not want any piece of this? Did the Did you leave the tack welder at home? I mean, what's going on with this piece of beef? Yeah, like I said, man, we took the duct tape off. I thought that was a bit excessive. So we, we backed off the duct tape. But I actually, it's a trick I learned from John Lindsay. Um, I watched one of his classes on barbecue champs, and it helped me a ton. But he, he, he pronged it. And I used to do that without tying it. And so he not only does that and ties it, but he does it so he doesn't um, have to, uh, you know, bow his steak up. Is and pronging, so for me, let me interrupt just for a second. Is pronging yeah. the toothpick thing? Yeah, prong, putting in the toothpicks in. Okay. You know, keep it. In, so for me, it kind of keeps it together, but it also when you're wrapping it with the the string, it doesn't get too tight. It So you go, you know, do a little over-under thing. But for me, I like to tie it back over where the spinalis is so I don't forget where the spinalis is because we sometimes do the round steak. And I know that's, you know, round steak, but, or, you know, or it looks similar. <laughs> so it's for me, when it, where it's tied, I know where the spinalis is. Also, I tie it where on top of the toothpick where my um, presentation side is because I am not very Dewey Decimal about stuff, and I'm very like you know, oh shit, did I put on ten or did I put on two? Mother, so I know where that is. So it's my north and south as well. So man, it, it's it's a multi-purpose um, uh, trick. So I love it. It's all I do now. Would you ever turn in a steak that didn't have grill marks? 
<laughs> I would, you know what? I was thinking about that. You know, it's a good time to start doing that. I think we need a revolution. I think we all need to start searing our stakes right now. And just as a group, we all need to agree. Listen, half of us are just going to sear off our stakes today. And we're going to get that mindset. We're going to change that so that it's not weird when they see it, you know, a seared steak. Are you dismayed but at I would, all? I would. Are you dismayed at all that, I mean, uh, what I what I loved about the steak contest when it began was there seemed to be no conformity or you know, there was no reason to. It was going to be steak and the best cookie, the best cooked and best tasting steak would uh, rule the day. Certainly there was an appearance score. But uh, as I was, when I was, uh, I guess, on your show, I had mentioned that you had done an interview with, uh, I think her name was Terrell Miller or, you know, whatever her name was, um, who's a rep and also a judge for, you know, World Food and SCA and KCBS. I mean, she's certainly entrenched and, and knows what she's doing. But within the minutes of the conversation that you had with her, she voluntarily said that she would score down a steak that didn't have grill marks. And uh, I was, uh, as I was running uh, in the morning, I was crying and running at the same time because I was like, wow, like this is exactly, you know, what I hate is that there's an expectation now. And she did kind of broad stroke it across the judges tent too, that, you know, she thought that a lot of the judges uh, felt similar to her or that they want to see those. And I don't know what that brings to the table more than a well seared steak from across and as you said, maybe this is the time where you make that stand. But I would argue, of course, that much like in competition barbecue, nobody's venturing out of the flavor profile that's existed for the last 10 years because they know that's what wins. There's not nearly as much money expense-wise in a steak contest that there is as a barbecue contest. But everybody still wants to win and take a $250 entry fee if you're not doing the ancillaries and take back the 750 on the plus for that $1,000 payout. Uh, I mean, do you think that that would ever happen where you go back to a steak looking like a steak and you can just cook it however you want and it's going to win on its own merits versus not being penalized because it doesn't have grill marks right off the chop? Who knows? I mean, we I mean, there's we had cooks out there. So, you know, I'm not even chopping off the tail, you know, and uh, we took fourth place out of 40 teams and we got 44 on our tenderness score or our doneness score. And that's a pretty big hit. So, and that's a big hit. Yep. So I wouldn't mind, you know, just seeing that, seeing how far you can get with one of your scores being lower. And if it's anything like KCBS, the appearance score is less points. So I wouldn't mind it at all. I would, I would, in fact, for me, I think it would be kind of cool to see that, you know, because right now it's so new. You never know. You might be people out there begging, judges just begging for it. Like, man, just give me a tail. Give me a seared steak. We don't even know because everyone just jumped on this train so quick, yep. you know? There was never a time where it was like, well, back in the day, we seared our steaks, you know? It wasn't like that. And so we just all we know, you know? So right now is a great time to do it. And I, you know what? You know what? Listen to me. I'm going to do it for you. One of these days, one of these big comps. Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm in the running. For 100 plus. The Utah. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to sear my steak. I'm going to see how it goes. Right, I'm going to do it. If you, if you win with that steak, I will pay back your entry fee. How about that? That's awesome. Right. That That's even more... The motivation to do it. All right, so let's switch it up just for a second. We got a couple minutes left. You had mentioned on your most recent show as you were talking through the competition stuff that you had a switch of opinion on backyard yeah. versus pro. Initially, you told mm -hmm. folks just to jump right into the pro series. And, and I mean, look, I don't even know what the hell pro series means to be honest. Any dope can get in as long as they pay a fee. 
but different discussion for a different day. Why do you see the value now in an individual or team using backyard events to hone their skills before making the jump up to the next level? Because most, and I'm mean almost all, can't afford that right out the gate and and to lose. You know, you have to be really prepared to come in. You have to be like loaded in classes and practices and know just what you're doing right away. Or you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna throw away a thousand dollars a contest just to jump into the pros. You know, and and being pros is just signing up for a contest and paying. You know, whatever. That's that's all it means. So for me, I think the success for barbecue to continue to grow as far as competition uh, goes is to really foster those backyard guys and and really get their confidence up by, you know, just doing the chicken, doing the ribs, paying a $50 buy-in fee and, or uh, $50 to $100, you know, and go and buying some chicken and some ribs and ease it into it, man. Get those chops and, and, and learn to cook brisket and pork on your own and really dial in those at least those two meats because if you get a call or two in ribs you know that's some money for you that's 250 bucks 300 bucks depending that's your entry fee right yeah. there and, and a pro so i mean i just think we're beating them over the head it's like going to pro and you know pop and so i i think they need to ease in man i i think it's too much and too soon and people are just going to drop out if they're not going to be you know you go in there and go, i'm gonna win first place i'm gonna win all this and when they don't and they look at what they just spent yeah uh, they're not going to do it, man. And we need to take it back and we need to go to backyard and we need to grow the sport again. We need to kind of go backwards. Rusty, last question before I let you go and appreciate the time. Uh, name the worst barbecue podcast out there right now. I would say the Pitmasters podcast, man. Those guys are terrible. No way. Those guys are up and comers. Terrible. They're gold, I'm telling you, especially that Anthony Lujan. He's, he's something the else. The Anthony Lujan. Yeah, the, the Anthony Lujan. Much like the Ohio State University, which is not the first university yeah. in Ohio, by the way. That's Ohio University, my alma mater, founded 1804. Columbus can go you know, off the charts. Uh, Rusty Monson, Salt, Lake, uh, Salt City Barbecue Pitmaster, taking down their first grand championship and joining me here on the show to recap it. Rusty, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Hey, appreciate it, Greg, man. Have a good one. You got it. There he is, Rusty Monson. All right, Derek Richards is coming up out of the break, and I will talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling items available online, award-winning rubs and sauces, American-made grills and smokers. How about 13 perfectly balanced flavors of seasonings? Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Double Secret Steak Rub, my favorite, Little Louie's Seasoned Salt, Ooh, Black Pepper, Seasoned Salt, Delish. How about a new barbecue sauce? Are you sick of what's out there? I mean, many of us are. Change it up a little bit. Try Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Big Papa's owns that as well. A powerful flavor that reminds us of why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Granny's Barbecue Sauce. And other top-rated sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And then we talk about the cookers, of course. Are you looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Check out the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? All right, take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, can you really go wrong with anything they're offering over there? Not really. If you have any questions, you give them a shout and ask away. They will answer 877-828-0727. That's 828. I'm sorry, 877-828-0727. Or again, shop their website at bigpapasmokers.com. That's bigpapasmokers.com. 
Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion of the show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase, or you can buy from Amazon.com as well. The fourth Tuesday of the month brings a regular visit from one of the most respected barbecue journalists in the biz, a Barbecue Central Show guest, Hall of Famer, and you can check out his musings at DerekRiches.com. We erase to the hotline and welcome back none other than Derek Riches. Hey, Derek. Hey, Greg. How you doing? Uh, we are rocking and rolling here in Cleveland this evening. Uh, what's happening in Austin? I heard everything is wide open and we are with reckless abandon down there. Uh, it's not that reckless. No, it, it yeah. keeps it, it changes every day. Yeah, so. no doubt. Uh, what, yeah. Was your, what was your best Father's Day gift? Uh, I'll let you know when I get it. You didn't get it yet? Well, my, my daughter's in Virginia. and Yeah, there's Amazon. Kind of holding. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Don't, so don't say you're waiting you until you see each other. I mean, that could be 10 years from now. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Plus, I mean, it's got to so. be hard. I mean, you're a guy like me. We're all into this live fire thing, and we have our hands maybe a little deeper and more entrenched than the ever uh, than the average uh, Joe and Jane. So we already have a lot of stuff. So, you know, buying for us is probably a little bit more difficult. Unless you like to – well, you probably like to read and a little bit more of an academic than me. I'm kind of a dimwit. So uh, my kids are more like uh, – you probably like gadgets or it has something to do with live fire, and that's where they focus on. But maybe you're a little more uh, well-rounded than me. Uh, I doubt it. I, I, really? I seriously doubt that. Right. Ah. Uh, my, you know, my mother used to get me barbecue accessories for my birthday for years, and finally I had to tell her, please stop. <laughs> I have, I have boxes of stuff. Yeah, I have seven of those things Please. that you sent me already. Yeah. <laughs> I have the prototype of this right. one. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, okay. But, so, yeah. Derek so Riches uh, from DerekRiches.com joining me here on the show. Uh, bristle brush band success. Have we eliminated it yet or not? Uh, no, we haven't mm. eliminated it yet. Amazing. But, In one month's time, I thought for sure we were going to shake the very foundations of the bristle brush industry. Well, you know, I mean, I've had I've had a lot of people in the industry say, yeah, this is a great idea. And if someone oh. else would do it first, we uh, might jump on board. Wow. You know, it's 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 going to be one of those. It's going to be that situation or it's going to be a situation in which. I imagine that some point in the future, there'll be a slow news day in the summer. <laughs> I I don't know when that will happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I can, I dream of it, but you know, that's that, that will become a big story and then they'll all jump in and go, Oh no, no, we've been planning this for a long time. Somebody will yeah. make the okay. jump over the line in the sand. You know, I got a number of emails through the course of the month when we were talking about it last month saying that while there are documented issues, as you had mentioned, but the bristle brushes really aren't that bad. And when you look at 
how many people are going versus how many people have them and aren't experiencing, it's really not that big of a deal. No, you know, I mean, that's was always kind of my point, actually. It's not a huge deal, but it's one that's very easily eliminated. It can be no deal. You know, yeah, it could just be that. I mean, we just say, hey, you know, you actually don't need to provide these as a product. There are so many great alternatives. Why don't you just put that in your product catalog instead of selling these incredibly cheap, badly built wire bristle brushes? And then you don't have to worry about, you know, the news story or somebody coming up and going, hey, you know what? I'm a lawyer and we could have a class action lawsuit on this one. So it's to me, it's just it's it's a no brainer and it's a simple solution. But I've known this business for a very long time and change is really hard for many people. I was inspired. So I went and bought my dad a non bristle grill brush for Father's Day. It was called Grill Rescue. Have you seen Grill Rescue? Yeah. 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 Do you I have any thoughts those. about that? Do you have one? Uh, I might. I might have one. Some um, real hunky fire no. guy made it up. I mean, he's sitting there with shirtless with his apron, steam cleaning his grill grates. I mean, I was like, hook, line, and sinker. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. It, it's, <laughs> hey, if it works, it works. Yeah. But, you know. But that, and that's the other thing. It is like, since this became an issue a decade ago, there's so many people who've been inventing better ideas and they just keep doing it. And it's like, well, let's just get rid of the other ones and go with all these better ideas. You were talking about how you get all of the cool gadgets. Let's talk about Fireboard 2. I had Ted Conrad on. It was probably, uh, it might have been the beginning of last month, right when it was kind of uh, rolling. Well, I guess technically it was in pre-order at that point, and he was a handful yeah. of weeks away from actually launching them. <clears throat> they might have just launched, was it the 10th maybe or something along these lines? So anyway, they're freshly out uh, maybe uh, just a, a week or so. Do you have one? And uh, if you got one, uh, thoughts as you have begun to play around on? Uh, yeah, I have one, and it's uh, back it's right over. There. Right up there. Tight shot. Oh, all right. Looks like you have. Yeah. A, so. And you have the old one behind you too, right? Or is that an, another? I, yeah, I, yeah. Nice. I have the original fireboard right under it. So, um, you know, this is to me a, a big improvement. I, I like the design on it because, you know, you get this big screen on it. The other one had a very tiny screen. Oh, yeah. And, and there's controls so you can scroll through, you know, all the different sick the six different probes and, and you can get the graphing on here. But of course, you know, the big thing about fireboard is this is a, you know, it's, it's a Wi-Fi enabled uh, system. So, yep. you know, you can sit there and bring it up on your PC and you can look at the graphs and you can download the data and you can store your cooks from five years ago. As you know, when I, when I got this and I logged into, you know, into fireboard, I was sitting there going, oh, wow, it still has, mm -hmm. like, from from my Fireboard 1, yeah. from how many ever years ago? Every cook every ever. Single one of those. Yeah, and I can go through and look at the ones where I really screwed it up. And, you know, uh, you know, it, it's just, it it's really, this one is really well built. Uh, it's very solid. As a matter of fact, when I was using it, it rained heavily, and mm. that wasn't an issue at all. And. Uh, it's got a good solid feel to it. Uh, I think it's a dramatic improvement over the first one. Dramatic. Although 
it functions much the same way. You know, I mean, it, it's not, it's not a huge change in its functionality. If you have the first one and you get moved to this one, you're probably not going to notice a big difference. You're going to have to sync this one to your Wi-Fi and add it to your profile. But um, it functions the same way. But I do like this big screen. That way, you know, when you're actually out there, mm -hmm. it's very obvious. It's very evident. You know, what temperatures you're running at. You can check all the channels all in one glance. And, um, you know, I mean, the Fireboard is a good product. These are good people. They make a nice product. I like that. Do you run all six channels at some point? I haven't. Uh, I will tell you this. Uh, this comes with uh, standard with three probes. Wow. There's a two so internals want... and, a, and a pit a pit temp? Right. Yeah. So it, it, it's set up that way. So if you want the extra probes, you, you're going to go buy those extra. I think they have a deluxe package or something like that. And this is actually the, the um, what do they call it? The Fireboard Drive. Uh-huh. Is it Drive? Drive. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, and, and I'm going to play around with plugging in some different blowers I've got to uh, try those out because supposedly it'll work with virtually any one of them as long as it's got the right port connector. So, I think retail, what are we that, at? Like uh, 220 bucks or something like that? Well, for Fireboard 2, it's like 190. For Fireboard 2 Drive, you're looking at 250. If you want to add their fan onto it, that's about 60 bucks more. Mm. So it's not an inexpensive unit, but you know, I was just kind of playing around comparing it with because uh, I also got recently got the Smoke X4 from ThermalWorks, and you know, I, I kind of had both of them out and were trying them and seeing what. Uh, you know, what kind of temperature differences we're looking at. And they're, they're very comparable in what they do. I mean, Thermalworks has ridiculous accuracy. Is Smoke you know, X a Wi-Fi enabled product as well, or is that more remote or uh, like a radio? No, it's, it, it's the radio frequency. So it's just like the original Smoke. Um, so, you know, I've been thinking about that. It's like, you know, because um, Thermalworks has Signal, which is a Wi-Fi enabled version. It does the same four channels. So it does what Smoke X does, but it'll do it on your Wi-Fi. And I kind of thinking, you know, it, the, the Smoke X is very simple. You can take it out of the box and turn it on. It works. It, you know, straight out, it's on and it's measuring temperatures. You don't need to worry about connectivity uh, or anything like that. And the range on this now uh, on the Smoke X is phenomenal. Um, I actually went to ThermalWorks when they released it, uh, what, two weeks before the world lockdown. And um, they actually, you know, we went out and plugged in, uh, you know, put some food on some grills and plugged it all in with that and then took the little receiver unit and did the factory tour. Hmm. And in that whole process, it lost signal twice. And that was because we were basically on the other side of the elevators. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, they claim that the line of sight range on that's a mile. Uh, I can't find a place on my property. It won't pick up uh, the signal. So, you know, the range is great on it. Uh, it's really simple, but if you, it's not Wi-Fi. So I think, you know, when you're talking about like Fireboard 2, you're putting that against Thermalworks signal. Prices are relatively comparable, but with the Thermalworks, if you want to use a blower, 
you've, you know, if, if you want a fan for it, you've got to use theirs. Whereas with this one, if you've already got a fan, you can just plug it into this unit and it'll run it. So is there a level of barbecue or griller that should look for a fireboard type of a product versus, you know, where an entry level might not, or is this a gadget that you should be getting, whether you're just getting into this or whether you're a seasoned vet because of all the features and benefits? Uh, I, you know, personally, I don't think, I don't think you need it. I mean, most of the times that, that I do a cook, uh, I don't, I don't run anything. I don't, you know, I don't run temperature probes on anything. Uh, I just, you know, I just go by feel and I'll, you know, I'll do a instant retemp check somewhere down the road and just monitor it that way. If you're looking to do, you know, I think that with like the fireboard and its ability to track every cook you're doing, I think if you're doing competitions, if you really want to get that level of precision, if you want to be able to go, okay, here's my stall point. Here's, you know, here's where I might want to wrap or here's where I might want to, you know, spritz or do any of those sort of things. And you can track all that data. So I think from that standpoint, I think as a competition tool, it's a great device, um, you know, but it is an investment. And I think for the average backyard cook, there are a lot cheaper maybe less accurate, less functional, but, you know, solutions that aren't going to cost you, you know, two to $300 uh, at a drop. Derek Rich is joining me here on the show. DerekRiches.com is the website. Derek, are you working on anything at this point that we'll be able to potentially discuss or reveal in July? Well, I really hope to be. I, I got oh. kind of sucked into a consulting job that I think I underbid for because it's been eating up way too much of my time. <laughs> How do you make that mistake? How does that happen? Uh, they, they're liars, right? That's what you don't want to say? No, no actually, <laughs> I, it, it's not really. It, it's all on me. Um, I think partly because I've been, you know, I've been not traveling and I'm, I've been home a lot more. I'm kind of like, uh, well, you know, I, I really want something to do. Happy to work. So... Uh, let's just jump on this. And then I started making a lot more out of it than I probably should have. Yep. I think they're going to, I think they're going to end up with a lot more than they asked for, but you know, this is uh, all business what am I gonna stuff. Do? That's right. I mean, it's not like yeah. uh, they, they say when you want to make the big money, you go into consulting, but you always got to watch, right? Yeah. Yeah. You go into consulting, but be smart about it. <laughs> Be very smart about it. All right. Well, we'll look forward to July. In the meantime, you can catch Derek's musings over at DerekRiches.com or on the social media handles. He made a great-looking brisket uh, earlier that he posted. So uh, too bad we can't get any pieces yeah, I, of that. So uh, courtesy, of the the fireboard, the courtesy of the fireboard? Yeah, I actually had that plugged in while I was running the brisket. Nice. Great. All right. So. Well, uh, if you're interested, Derek gives it positive reviews. So it's a well-built machine. So if you have some cash to burn, check it out. In the meantime, you can check Derek out right here on this show, the fourth Tuesday of every month on the Barbecue Central Show. Derek, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Greg. Talk to you next month. All right. See you in July. That is Derek right there. All right. Let me play a little catch-up. I knew that Fireboard 2 was going to be good. I want to get one now. But I I have the Fireboard 1 that I'm just really loving oh it's a conundrum
Let me tell you, by the way, uh, Derek said that the Fireboard 2 is well water resistant. It rained during his cook when he was using it. Uh, Sunday on Father's Day when I was doing reverse sear filet mignans. And by the way, I hate filet, but I love my wife. So, you know, I tried to make her happy when I can. So I did reverse sear filet. And I was using my Fireboard 1. And halfway through, the skies opened up. And that thing got straight down rained on for 10 solid minutes. Didn't lose a beat. So I don't know if that's supposed to be water resistant too or if I just got lucky. But no issues whatsoever. Very nice. All right, let me talk to you quickly about Pits and Spits. Since 1983, they've been handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas. They've established themselves as one of the premier brands and high-quality offset smokers. More recently, Pellet Grills, Pits and Spits, sets itself apart by using heavy 7- and 10-gauge steel in every cooker. Fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the unit. And 304 stainless steel roll-top lid and front shelf on every single cooker. Why does it matter? Well, using higher quality materials, pits and spits smokers reach and maintain temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. By providing fully welded smokers, you don't have to worry about grease and smoke leaking out of the barrel or about that grill rattling apart as you move it through the backyard. And by adding 304 stainless steel, you're getting an heirloom quality product that you can pass down to your kids. Now, where some companies focus on being a low-cost provider, Pits and Spits focuses on craftsmanship using quality materials. Are they cheaper ways to make manufacture products? Yes, but they don't like tack welds, cheap stainless and electronics that you can't trust. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of their design and standards. That's not something you find from the other guys. Their steel suppliers supply materials to be used in some of the harshest environments, so you know they're going to perform in any and all conditions, and their controllers are made right here in the USA, so they're able to have unimpeded transparency into their programming. Let's put it simply, Pits and Spits has a dealer network across the country, but if there isn't one close to you, give them a call at the shop, 844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master looking to cook steaks for the family or a competition team smoking 50 racks of ribs, Pits and Spits has a product for you. You can check out their products at www.pitsandspits.com, all spelled out. Or see their pits in the wild across the social media at their handle, at Pits and Spits. Once again, all spelled out. That's Pits and Spits. All right, we're back to wrap the first hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. And if you have the Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. 
Fireboard 1 and 2. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. All right, thanks again to Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com. Joining me this past segment, talking about the Fireboard 2 and his thoughts on that. He doesn't have a Father's Day gift yet, which he may or may not have the next uh, year, two, or four, or ten, or whatever. Uh, I have an email from another listener. Hey, Greg, have to disagree with you about the meter thermometer. It's great. Juicy chicken after two hours, and it warns me five minutes before it reaches the temp I've set. No wires, and I can even monitor it when I'm in the rugby club three miles away using Wi-Fi. It's crap at monitoring steak, though. Uh Crap? Keep safe. Sean from sunny Lockdown, Wales. How about this guy coming in from across the lake? I mean, pond. England. Wales. Wales is England, right? Thanks for writing in, Sean. Uh, I, however, am going to uh, disagree and say that the meter here in the States is a unmitigated disaster. I don't know anything about rugby, but except you have to be really tough to play it, so you can continue to do that. But I, I, I was, was it a couple months ago? Meter actually approached me about potential sponsorship of the show, and I said, the hit the bricks, pal, and beat it, because you are going out. There's no way I would bring them on the show. Just so you don't think that I'm some whore dashing it out to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. I told them, flatly, get out. There's just no way. I mean, for the amount of dumping that we did on that product and to to the no good that I have heard here in the States, I think uh, Dennis Busso probably has one too. Doug has one, but I mean, he's never given it anything more than a meet a below mediocre review. Why would I have them as a sponsor on the show? It's patently ridiculous. I mean, I like money like the next guy, but I'm not going to be some uh, shill like Rich. We already had one of those. The people that sponsor this show are grade-A quality beef, pal. This is the stuff you want to eat. You want a guru. You want the fireboard. You want Big Papa Smoker stuff. The list goes on. Good night. Thank you, Meter. Take your money and go over to the next podcast that's barbecue-related. Not this one. All right, we are getting ready to go into the second hour here. The embedded correspondents will be joining me, of course. Yeah. Plenty of stuff to talk about here, not the least of which is what will a 2020 competition season look like for the balance of the year? American Royal is out. Memphis in May. Um, oh, whoa, whoa, sorry. Jack Daniels is out. <laughs> not the American Anyway, we'll make corrections at the top of the second hour. Go ahead and refresh your libations. And stick around. We'll be right back.